Welcome to the Kaizen Guard podcast. This is your host, MC. The Kaizen Guard is a podcast about continuous improvement, building the habits to make the most out of what you already have and scale your progress in a sustainable way. Some people say, don't work harder, work smarter. Well, I believe that we can do both if we balance our time, energy, and drive well. On to today's episode. The first episode of the series about priorities and time management was about the basics. In a nutshell, you want to stop and reflect. The second step is you want to organize what is it that is happening and understanding what your environment and your goals and objectives. And then you want to take action on your plan. Because if you don't take action, you're just going through the motions of planning for success, but never actually doing anything toward that success. So taking action is super key. Today's topic is specifically about the planning part. What does planning mean in the first place? According to me, four things. First is knowing where you are going. What is the end goal, the destination that you are striving towards? The second step is anticipating obstacles to achieving your goals. And in my opinion, at that step, you should not be overly optimistic. That's what traps you. It's a trap. Do not be overly optimistic because you're not a seer. So you're not going to be able to foresee whatever could come and kind of steer you away from what you have planned. But yet you want to, and that's the third thing, prioritize the tasks that need to be done. The fourth thing is setting your schedule. Going back to not being overly optimistic and planning for the unpredictable. So once you are clear on what planning means for you, there are three essential elements for planning. And these elements are resources, activities, and result. Because when you want to achieve a result, you have to be clear, you have to clarify the expected result in order to define the activities to be carried out and the resources that these activities are going to require. Because resources answer the question of with what? What is it going to take to get there? The activities, on the other hand, answer the question of how. What are the steps that you are going to take? To get there. And then last but not least is the result. It's the ultimate goal. You need to be clear that the result is not in the action of completing an activity or a task. The result that you are seeking is the visible consequence of the activity once it is completed. There is no result if you do not complete an activity. Doing the activity in and of itself is not a result. It just leads you to the result. And so planning translates into specific behaviors and actions. The first one is you want to get the information that is needed to plan the task. Learn as much as possible about the objective or the task that you want to achieve. It's going to give you an understanding of what is it that you need. And so you're going to be able to identify the people, the material and the resources, financials and other things that you might need in order to accomplish these tasks. Once you have these two information, so the context of the task and what you need in order to complete them, you want to plan the steps towards completion of those tasks. Take into account the unpredictable. I cannot stress that enough. And I talk about how unpredictable should be factored in the time it takes you to complete something. Typically, I correct by multiplying everything by 1.5. Whenever I'm completing the task ahead of that time, I feel like I gained some time. And whenever I complete it at time, I feel like I met my plan. So take into account the unpredictable because it is the unpredictable that is the most consuming most of the time because you have to readjust 
your plan. And talking about your plan, we want to adequately plan the use of your time to distinguish what is the real time that the activities or tasks are taking you. Again, do not be overly optimistic. Use your clock, use your computer and time the actions, the tasks, the activities that you are doing so that you have a realistic approach and view of what it takes to accomplish something. So that as you are planning for the future, you're not planning less than what you need and then having to adjust too many times, but you are realistic compared to what it takes for you specifically to accomplish a task. The last thing, again, goes back to monitoring is you want to determine what are the mechanisms that you are going to resort to in order to monitor, assess, and control your progress towards completion. I'm giving you a personal example. For some activities, I have checklists. And these checklists are linked to a timeline where whenever I complete something or I check a box, I go from 25% to 33% and then 50% and then 65%. So I gave each activity a weight in the progress towards completion. Find something that's going to work because also it's a reward to see that you are getting closer, that that percentage to completion is actually increasing. Now that you have done that, like you understand these behaviors and actions, you understand what are the resources, activities, and resorts that you need in order to organize and plan your time effectively, you want to spread your planning across two timelines. The first one is the monthly timeline, and the second one is the daily planning. For the monthly planning, what it does is just providing you an overview of what you want to accomplish for the month. It's not fixed and it will probably change a lot. Maybe change on a daily basis. Hopefully not, but do not panic. Even though it changes a lot, monthly planning is useful to negotiate deadlines. Whether it's a dinner with friends or a project at work, if you have an understanding of how your time is already allocated and someone tries to add something onto your plan, you can actually negotiate and give them options as to, for instance, I'm not able to have dinner with you today, but you know what? I'm able to have dinner with you next week at that time. It allows you to be precise with the way that you manage your time and also people know what to expect. The second thing in your monthly planning is you want to distinguish between what is urgent and what is important. Some things are urgent. Maybe it's because of your organization or you have deadlines uh, that if you don't go by this deadline, you may pay some fees and things like that. These are urgent. And then you have things that are important. Not everything that is urgent is important and not everything that is important is urgent and vice versa. So really be clear on what is urgent. So what is bound by time for completion? And what is important? Important being things that are going to get you closer to achieving a result. And then last but not least, when it comes to your monthly planning, is you want to postpone what does not impact your goals for the month. For instance, sometimes it happens when I do my monthly planning. It's April 1st or 2nd. I'm super optimistic and I want to add a few more things that are not so important nor urgent to me. But I'm just like, oh, if I can just get this done, I'm going to feel great about myself. And then as I am moving through the month, I realize that I have other things that have come up and I'm just moving these things out of the month. 
because I know that they won't impact my goals for the month. But if I keep them there, I feel obligated to tackle them when they don't serve me right now. And so I'd rather just postpone whatever does not impact my goals for the month. And then eventually, if they are really important or urgent, I'm going to have to factor them in again. For monthly planning, you want to negotiate deadlines. So understanding the time that actions are going to take, tasks are going to take, it's going to enable you to set the expectation for what is the time that you can dedicate to other things. You want to distinguish between what is urgent and what is important. And then whenever needed, without any guilt or shame, you want to postpone what does not impact your goals for the month. It means that you have to be very clear on what your goals are. The second timeline for planning is daily planning. It's basically your to-do list. I don't like to-do because most people think like they have to just check the list, but it's mainly the list of activities that you need to accomplish during the day based on the time that is required for each task and most importantly, based on the priority of each task. When is the best moment to make your list? I highly recommend to do it first thing in the morning or last thing at night. So that first thing in the morning, before you get swept away by schedules and urgencies, you already have an idea of what you want to accomplish. What are the things that you want to look at at the end of the day, look back on and think, okay, I've had a productive day. Or you want to do it in the evening when you wrap up the day to prepare for the next day. It should take anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, maybe a a little longer the first time that you do it. But most importantly, do not plan 100% of your day. If you have, let's say at work, you have eight hour days, do not plan the entirety of the eight hours. Plan about 55% to 60% of your day, the time that you have available, because you want to leave room for unexpected events and emergencies. A few tips when time blocking. First tip is group similar activities together. Things that are going to require the same mental patterns, neural patterns in your brain, you want to group them together so that you don't have to switch gear in order to accomplish more. The second tip is group and sequence activities that require you to go to different places. Let's say if you have to go out to run some errands, you don't want to go out to run errands in the morning and then another time in the afternoon and then maybe one last time before dinner at night. You want to group everything that involves you going out of your house to do something. Or if you are working in the office or working from home, group together the things, the activities that require the same software. Meaning that if I have to do a presentation, let's say for my job, I have to do two or three presentations, I'm going to open my PowerPoint and I'm going to stay in there. I'm not going to go from PowerPoint to doing other things. I'd want to group everything that uses the same resources or uses the same areas of my brain at the same time. If you are in the office or if you are working again from home, group your questions to your colleagues or your boss so that you don't go see them like every five minutes or five times a day, you go see them once. It's also going to help them because they don't have to manage you coming by or manage you like messaging them back throughout the day. Group your questions and ask them all at once. The last thing, I mean, the second to last is distinguish between real time and process time. Going all the way back when I said do not be overly optimistic and how I correct my time management by multiplying 
all of the time that I planned by 1.5 because real time is the time that is directly related to you taking the action or executing the activity. While the process time, it is a time to react to the action. So let's say going back to my PowerPoint example where I have to create a presentation, then I have to email, communicate my presentation to other people in my team, to my boss, I have to save the file in a specific location. I have to do other things that are gonna help me wrap up the, the activity. They're not directly related to it, but they are part of the process time. And so that's when you want to apply a correction of maybe 1.5, maybe 2. You know, the goal is really for you to not plan less time than what you would need. Related to that, one habit that I've picked up over the years is to take note of the time that tasks take me to complete. Because sometimes I can plan 30 minutes and it actually takes me 45 or it takes me an hour and 15 minutes. But because I plan wrongly, I'm so off the mark, it's actually like putting all of my schedule in jeopardy because of that. So you want to take note of the time that tasks take you, even more so when it's the first time that you are doing them so that you kind of get a sense of the time, the real time and the process time versus the time in your head. In summary, when it comes to planning, you want to be clear on the result. You want to clarify what is the result that you expect from the succession of activities or the activity that you want to accomplish. Be clear on resources. Do not be, I think I said that like four times, but do not be overly optimistic. You want to have a clear and honest look at the people, resources, material that you need in order to accomplish the task. The third thing is spread your planning across monthly planning and daily planning and we are just as needed. There is no shame. So be ruthlessly realistic about the resources. And one thing also that I mentioned, I think in the first episode or two episodes ago was if other people are involved, you want to communicate to them ahead of time regarding what you need from them and when. So that they can also prepare. The more your environment is aware of what you're trying to accomplish, the more it's going to help you to actually meet the timeline and the goals that you set for yourself. That's it for me today. I hope you found that episode helpful and insightful. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to address, email me at the email address in the description box. And last but not least, leave your five-star review anywhere you are listening. It really encourages me. I wish you, wherever you are, to be well, and I will talk to you next time.